week ago Friday, our world was rocked again by the senseless shooting deaths of 27 people in Newtown, Connecticut. We were shocked to hear that a single gunman opened fire on defenseless children and their teachers in the school there after killing his own mother in their home, and then the shooter turned the gun on himself. We've been able to think of little else this week, as each day holds new funerals for the victims of this senseless, God-awful tragedy. Many of us have been praying for the people in Newtown trying to somehow piece their lives together again. There's also a card and letter drive right now, we're just telling you about it today, just to let people know we love them, we support them there, even though they're strangers to us. This, this event, this heartbreaking, tragic event is a poignant reminder of how terribly broken, how terribly messed up our world is today. We live in a world of, of troubles. We live in a world of tribulations. We live in a world of struggles. For some people, every day is a struggle. To them, Christmas doesn't make things better. It only makes things worse. Peace on, peace on earth is, is like, a, like a bad joke to them. I want you to know this, something this morning, though. I want you to know that we can have peace on earth. We can have peace in our lives, regardless of the struggles, regardless of the tribulations or the troubles. We can have peace. One day, not long after they had started following him, Jesus and his disciples were in a boat out on the Sea of Galilee. Soon after they set sail, Jesus laid down in the back of the boat and went to sleep. Soon there was this terrifying storm that blew down from the mountains onto the sea and, and waves started crashing all over the sides of the boat and, and the disciples feared that they were going to be swamped and drowned. And so they rushed to wake Jesus and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're drowning? And Jesus stood up. He saw the situation and he rebuked that storm. He shouted to the wind and the waves, Peace! Be still! Just be quiet! And immediately, the storm stopped. The wind stopped blowing. The waves stopped crashing. And, and there was this, this calm that came to the sea. His disciples were amazed and they, they asked each other, who, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I want you to know this morning in the same way, Jesus can save our lives and he can calm our fears even if he doesn't tell every storm to be still. He may well let our struggles continue, but he can still speak deeply into our lives. Peace, be still. I want you to know that peace today. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said these amazing words. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. If you have your Bible with you this morning, I want you to open up to that passage in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. If you don't have your own Bible with you, grab one of the ones in the seat in front of you. 
the Pew Bibles that are there and turn to page 677. We'll make it real easy. Just turn to that passage. 677 is the page. And if you have your own Bible, I want you to underline some words. I want you to underscore four words in this text, in these few short verses. If you have one of the Pew Bibles, you go ahead and underline it in there. It's okay. But I want you to remember these four words because these four words are the, the little... The, the little hooks we're going to hang the message on today. The points of the sermon, if you will. But there are four very important words that Jesus speaks here in this short passage. The first word, come, come. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus is making an invitation here. He is inviting us to come. This is what he always says to anyone who has needs, anyone who's struggling, anyone who needs a Savior. He's saying, come and follow me. Come. And as I preach, most times I give the gospel invitation at the end of the message. I don't remember ever giving the invitation at the beginning, but in Jesus' story, in Jesus' words, he says, here's the invitation. Come. Come to me. And the reason he gives that is because you can't Get to the rest of the message until you come to Jesus. The whole point is to come to Jesus. You will never find real peace in your life. You will never have peace in your struggles until you come to Jesus first. Peace on earth is found in knowing and experiencing the difference that Jesus can make in your life. That billboard that maybe you've seen somewhere before is really true. No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace, but there's all difference in the way you spell the word no. If you have no Jesus, you can have no peace. But if you know Jesus, then you can know perfect peace. Come. Jesus' invitation is to those who have never put their faith and confidence in him. They need a savior. They need someone who can forgive their sins and give them new life. They need to know that God still loves them. And Jesus is living, tangible proof that God loves them. He loves you so much that He gave His life for you. He didn't count His own life worthy of holding on to, but He said, you are worth my very life's blood. Come, Jesus' invitation is also to those of us who are Christians, who may be struggling to find some peace in our lives. And that may be you this morning. I imagine there are a number of people here today that have already decided that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of their life, who are already trying to follow Him, but there's still all this turmoil, still all this struggling going on in their life. And even as a Christian, you may be carrying around a burden that no one else knows about. Maybe you feel this morning, this Christmas time, that you're about ready to collapse under the weight of that burden. So what has been your struggle lately? Jesus says, come. Whatever load you're carrying, whatever you might be carrying that no one else knows about, Jesus says, come. Here's the beginning. Come to me. Let Jesus bring peace to your world as only he can. Now the second word is another simple word. The word take. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now you know what a yoke is, but maybe you don't. I don't know. I actually saw some yokes on oxen over in India. We've seen them in Thailand. We don't do a whole lot of that around here. Usually we have a John Deere or something else that is going through the field. But in many countries, they still take a wooden yoke and they yoke two oxen together. And they, they pull their plow behind these oxen. Or maybe they pull 
a huge wagon or cart behind these oxen. The yoke puts the oxen side by side, pulling the load together. And Jesus says, get into my yoke with me. Quite surprisingly, the yoke that Jesus is talking about is a yoke of suffering. It's a yoke of self-denial. This is the life that Jesus lived on earth. This is his yoke. It's the life he wants us to join him in. Not that it's all suffering. Not that it's all horrible and painful. Quite the contrary. You will know more joy. You will know more happiness as a Christian than you ever dreamed possible. But the fact is, there is self-denial too. There is sacrifice. There is suffering and pain for a Christian. It's a life where you need to put God first. Jesus must become the Lord of your life, calling the shots, telling you what to do. And every day you get up in the morning and you say, what's on for today, Lord? What do you want me to do today? Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So understand, we, we are here talking about peace in our struggles, and Jesus says, take my yoke of suffering on you. That'll do it. And wait, that, that doesn't add up. I've already got enough suffering. Why do you want me to take on the yoke of suffering? That sounds strange. It makes no sense. But we really shouldn't be surprised, although many people are. Some people have this idea that when you come to Christ, everything's going to get really nice and easy. Life's going to get just so simple. It's going to be easy street after you come to Christ. It's going to be a bed of roses after you come to Christ. However you want to describe it. And then they, they meet reality. No, it's not that. In fact, sometimes it gets harder. Sometimes there's more difficulty in being a Christian than not being a Christian. Henry Blackaby said, the Christian life is not easy. Some mistakenly assume that once they become children of God, their struggles are over. Many Christians begin their walk with Christ enthusiastically, but as the pressures mount, they lose heart, they abandon their pilgrimage. Paul described his life as a battle. And there were times when he struggled and only through perseverance could he continue. It may surprise us to know that the great apostle had to struggle at times to be faithful to God. He faced persecution and misunderstanding and betrayal and death threats only because he was following Christ. And then Blackaby said, Your faith in God is not proven by beginning the race, but by enduring to the finish. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Some of the best lessons we can learn are in the school of hard knocks, are they not? So don't think that you have to get rid of all your troubles in order to learn, in order to have joy and fulfillment and peace and happiness. Our peace doesn't depend on having peaceful circumstances. Jesus said, come. Take my yoke. Get into the harness with me. And that takes us to the third word, very important word, the word learn. Learn. Take my yoke and learn from me. Are you a learner? Are you someone who is still learning and growing? Or are you past the point of being able to learn? Some people don't want to learn anything new. I heard about two friends that were sitting one night uh, at a counter. They were, they were drinking coffee in a coffee shop watching the 11 o'clock news. And a report came on, a live report, supposedly, a man threatening to jump from the fifth floor of a downtown building. The one friend turned to the other, he says, I'll bet you ten bucks the guy doesn't jump. He says, you're on, ten bucks. Well, they keep watching, and the man jumped. And the guy who had, had made the bet says, okay, here's your ten dollars. He says, you, you won. He says, 
Now he says, I can't take your money. I already saw the news at 6 o'clock and I knew he was going to jump. And the other guy says, well, well, me too. But I didn't think he jumped the second time. <laughs> Wait a minute. That, that doesn't make sense. Some people are not really paying attention in life. Have you noticed that? Some people are really not learning anything. Don't be like them. What Jesus wants us to learn here is three things. He wants us to learn as we take this yoke, his yoke upon us. First of all, he says, I want you to learn that I am gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest in your souls. I want you to learn that Jesus is humble and gentle in heart. Jesus wants us to know that when we step into the yoke with him, that he will always be there for us. He promises to share his strength and his power. He describes himself as a gentle and humble master who helps us in our time of need. He promises in Hebrews 13.5, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. He promises in 2 Corinthians 12.9, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Those are the kinds of promises. He has step into my yoke with me, Learn from me because you're going to find out I'm a good master. You're going to find out that what I have in store for you is so much better than you ever had before. He wants us to learn, secondly, obedience. He wants us to learn obedience just as he obeyed his Father in everything. He wants us to obey whatever he says to do because only then can his peace really come into our lives. As long as we think we know better than him, as long as we follow our thoughts and our ideas, we're going to have trouble in this life. But when we start listening to Jesus and obeying Jesus, it changes things. When we take up Jesus' yoke, we grow, we mature, we become the people God wants us to become. And the struggles in life that we go through have a purpose. They help us grow strong. James put it this way. You may be familiar with this. The first few verses of James says this, Consider it pure my, joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I read about a man who found a cocoon, and he, he knew enough about it, that he knew the cocoon was a cocoon for an emperor moth. Of course, it's the larva, and it's not anything like a butterfly yet, moth, but he took it home, and he, he wanted to watch it emerge. Kept an eye on it, and one day, a small opening appeared in this cocoon, and for several hours, this moth struggled, but couldn't seem to force its body past a certain point. And, and the man was watching, and he's kind of rooting for this, this little larva to get out of there, you know, and for this, this moth to emerge, this beautiful emperor moth, deciding that something was wrong. Something was wrong this time. He took a little pair of scissors and he snipped the remaining bit of cocoon so that there'd be a little bit more opening. And, and, and the moth emerged now easily. But its body was large and swollen and the wings small and shriveled. He expected in a few hours the moth would, would be able to change would spread out its, its wings in natural beauty, but it never did. Instead of developing to a creature that could fly in freedom, the moth spent its life dragging around this swollen body and shriveled legs. You see, the constricting cocoon and the struggle necessary to pass through the tiny opening were God's way of transferring the strength from the body 
to the wings. And it changed everything when that cocoon, the larva went through the process of escape from the cocoon. The merciful snip of scissors was in fact cruel. Sometimes in your life and mine, the struggle is exactly what we need to help us grow. Those who persevere in the face of our trials will mature in our walk with Christ and be rewarded in many ways. And that's why James says in chapter 1, verse 12, he says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. So Jesus said, come to me, take up my, my yoke, take it upon yourself and learn from me. Then he said, you will rest, rest in me. Part of what we need when we're struggling is physical rest, isn't it? Some of you are so exhausted now that it would be nice if you could just get eight hours sleep all at one time. It hasn't happened in a long time, has it? Some of you are going on three or four hours of sleep each day, and so each day is just kind of snowballing into the next. You're getting more and more tired, sleep deprivation started, and it's not going to get any better till about the 26th or 27th of the month then. Um, I remember those nights, Christmas Eve, when we had something special for the kids and it had to be put together. So we got them to bed, and they're anticipating the next big morning, and their gift isn't put together yet. So you're, you're reading through the instruction book, you know, part A goes to AA, and then to AAA, and then to B, and then to BB, and then to BBB, and it's like, oh. And now they print in four different languages, so I couldn't even decide which language to, to use. Yeah, this, is, this is very hard for you, I know. And I'm so glad that we don't have young children to make all these things for on Christmas Eve. But sleep is something you really like to have, and you don't. But Jesus is talking a whole lot more about spiritual rest, isn't he? Resting in Jesus is discovering that you can bring peace. He can bring peace to you even in your worst circumstances, no matter what your struggle is. He can bring peace to you in the most difficult struggles of your life. He can give you contentment. He can give you joy. He can bring stability when your world appears to be falling apart. Haven't you heard in those interviews of parents up in Newtown, Connecticut, some of the parents who said, you know, God is taking us through this. God is, God is teaching us something. These people's hearts are broken. They're experiencing pain greater than they've ever thought possible, and yet they are resting in Jesus' arms. And they are letting Him bring peace to their lives. Oh, that all of them will be able to find that peace. I don't know how they face that unless they have Jesus helping them. When Jesus said, you will find rest for your souls, don't ever think that he is promising that your life is going to be easy and pain-free. You will have storms. You will have struggles. But you will rest knowing that your Savior is with you every step of the journey. When Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, don't misunderstand he was not promising that there would be no heavy lifting in your life, that he was, there would be no hard times in your life. No, he was promising that he would never leave you and he would carry you through those hard times. He was saying that he would help you lift those heavy loads. How does Jesus do that? Well, he does it through his spirit. He gives us his spirit to help us, to strengthen us, to guide us, to empower us, to enable us, all of the things that the spirit brings to our lives. And he does it through his church. 
Don't forget that Jesus has a church. He has the body of Christ that is here out on earth. And He has put us into the church as believers, as Christians, as followers of Christ, so that we can help each other. So we can share each other's burdens. And as we look for peace in our struggles, let's not forget that we're in this together. We are a community of believers, a community of people following Jesus. And God has put us in community. He has placed people alongside us who, who can help us shoulder our burdens as we help them shoulder theirs. Apostle Paul said this in Colossians 3, another passage of kind of giving you ahead of time you could look at. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ, Paul says, rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. When we are struggling with life, we need to depend on God and His people to help us through those struggles. The next time we may be there to help someone else. So it's perfectly okay if you're struggling today to call a brother or sister in Christ, to grab them today after church and say, I've got to tell you what's going on. I need some help. I've got a burden I can't carry by myself. Can you help with a piece of that? Can you just lift a little bit? Can your shoulder get in next to mine? Can we get in the yoke together and make this happen? Because one of the greatest ways Jesus comes alongside us, never leaves us or forsake us, is for his church to come alongside us and never leave us or forsake us. Don't apologize for asking for help. It's part of God's design. It's part of the plan. So what are you struggling with this morning? I want you to know that you can find rest in Jesus. You can find peace in Jesus. J. Russell Morse was a Christian missionary who worked with his family on the border of China, Burma, and Tibet. Many years, about a century, the Morse family has been ministering there. I've spoken with his son, Laverne Morse, who is uh, now about 80 years old, lives in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I met his grandson, Johnny Morse, in Thailand on my last visit there, just last, last winter. During the time that the communists were taking over the interior of China, the Morses were there. They were already spreading the gospel. And as they heard that the troops were coming, the Morses made the decision, J. Russell Morse made the decision that he and his family would stay put and continue God's work. But it wasn't long before the communist soldiers came to get J. Russell, and they said, you need to come with us. He's not sure what they had in mind, but he said, can I take some clothing and some bedding with me? And they said, oh, no, no, you won't need that. We'll take good care of you. And then he wrote in his memoirs, <laughs> he knew they weren't telling the truth. For 18 months, he was held in a communist prison. 15 of those months spent in solitary confinement. His small cell had no window, only a small hole high up to let in a little bit of light and a little bit of air. No bed, just filthy straw on the floor. For 15 months, he was never able to speak to anyone or see anyone else. Just once a day, a small panel opened in the bottom of his cell door and a bowl of food was shoved through. He had no Bible, nothing to read. They'd even taken away his glasses, so 
he could barely see, which is the way I am right now. In his memoirs, he later wrote this. He said, the only thing that helped me keep my sanity were the Bible verses and hymns that I had memorized. And the one verse that I kept coming back to the most was Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything, and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I hung on to that verse. He said, if there was ever a time to be anxious, it was when I was in that prison. If there was ever a time when it was difficult to pray and to be thankful, it was then. But I kept repeating those words in my mind over and over again, and God was with him. God got him safely through. And when J. Russell Morris was finally released from that awful prison, he didn't have to be deprogrammed like a lot of people do because God had given him the peace that passes all understanding. He was at peace through the most horrendous phase of his life. Now what should you do with your struggles this morning? I encourage you to hold on to your faith, to hold on to the Lord, to hold on to the one who makes good his promises without fail. I encourage you to come to take the yoke of Jesus upon yourself, to learn, to rest, and you'll have peace. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would be with each person here today. There are some people here I know that are not yet followers of Christ. May they receive the invitation from Jesus himself to come to Jesus and to find him to be that true Lord who, who will never leave them or forsake them. He will give them a plan for their lives. He will change their lives. And I pray today, Lord, that uh, there will be those who will come to Christ. For those of us who are already following Christ, sometimes we've let our struggles get the best of us. And I know that there are people here today that are overwhelmed, that their burdens are so great that they're collapsing under the weight of them. And I pray today that they will come to Jesus. And they will find in him that perfect peace that passes understanding. And they will find that he is faithful. That he is true to his word. And that he will not leave or forsake them. We pray, Lord, that we will also, as a body of believers, realize that we are to be in this yoke together. And that we are to carry one another's burdens. And we are to lift up the fallen. And we are to care for the wounded. And we are to restore those who are broken and those who have, have uh, made mistakes and sins in their lives that have just, just collapsed them. And I pray today, Lord, that as a church, our ministry will go out to each other and uh, to, to the needs of people here. Uh, Lord, we ask for your grace to be upon us all. And may Jesus be praised. In his name we pray. Amen.